Good day, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. A new year, a new block of podcasts, and a new, I guess, a new decade as well. So here we are off to a fantastic start. I'm Mark Morell, co-founder of Carrier's Edge, and joined today, big surprise, by... Jane Jazrawi, the other co-founder of Carrier's Edge. I'm sure nobody happy new saw year. that coming. Uh, yes, happy new year, everybody. So Happy 2020. 2020. We're going to have a top 20 in 20. Mm-hmm. Yes, this being early January, we are buried in the middle of... Best fleet. fleet scoring. Yes, that was very nicely. Yeah, I know. There. Jinx. Like an effect. Kind so. of, yeah. And we didn't even plan it. So we are probably going to talk about what we're seeing right now. I think that's mostly what we're going to talk about because we don't really have anything else in our heads except <laughs> There's really nothing else in our lives except best fleets. And it has been kind of like that with a little bit of Christmas uh, in between there. Which I was sick for most of, so it was kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. But was, anyway. Yeah, it was just a, a, a different grind or kind of the same grind with different background music <laughs> for a week. Okay, so best fleets. What are we seeing? Well, actually, let's talk about the scoring process first because it was a little bit different this year. Yes. There's a couple of things that are a little bit different. Yes. So we've had our uh, embedded reporter... For mm-hmm. one, yep. which has been uh, a little weird. Well, I, I think overall what is uh, notable for me is not just the embedded reporter, but this year, for the first time, we're not doing the scoring, just the two of us. We've got help. and It's not just the scoring, the interviews too. The interviews as well. The whole process. But while that's great on the surface and you think, oh, it's excellent, we have help. What it also does is shine a light on all of the gaps in our documentation and process, all of the things that we have uh, just sort of taken for granted over the years because we've developed our own habits of doing things. So scoring is tricky. Uh, And as they're discovering, when you're scoring this thing, you have to really think hard about what it is that you're reading and almost visualize all of the things that people are, are mm-hmm. writing there so that you can get a real sense of what is happening. So the when we score the, uh, the responses, we look at a certain question and we get all the answers to that question. And then we have to sort of compare them and figure out some sort of scoring. And that's part of it as well. Is there enough data that we can score it? Is there enough different things that we can score it? And if we are going to score it, what are the different levels of things that people are doing and what point value should we assign to it? Yeah. So we should, we always start off with one, two and three basically. Yeah. Which so is really one is the, uh, it's a little something or a lot. Yeah. Or it might be two is the, the standard. And then there's a few people that really aren't doing that. And then a few people that are going above and beyond. So that's kind of the starting place. But as you go through it, you look at the things and you look at the different things and everybody's got their own uh, spin. Yeah. Their own approach to solving a problem. So sometimes that's not enough. Uh, sometimes you need more 
different point values. Because there's equivalence as well, as right? So a two could be this, or it could be this other thing, which is different, but it's kind of classed as the same. And so and sometimes uh, it's this and this, but not this other thing. So it yeah. might be that they've got a bunch of stuff that is pushing them towards a higher score, but then there's something else that other people are doing that they're not, which drops them back down. Or conversely, you have one thing that kind of pushes the envelope. Yes. And yeah, so it's tricky and it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to people who are listening to this, but that's that's what we have to do with every every single question and then look at every single fleet. And then we have to look at every single response multiple times because mm-hmm. first you so you have a scoring legend. So for example, um what would be an easy example? Well, the one that we're that I was just looking at was um, does the company or, or, or what support systems does the does the company offer for drivers and their families? Okay, so that support That's a three pointer, right? So one for that for support systems is EAP, like just a regular uh, one, EAP. And that one is nothing; is informal. You're not doing. Not oh, really so doing if anybody has a problem and they come to you, you may or may not help them. Yeah. So that's that's that kind of. Yeah. Open door policy type. Yeah. We'll help you if you need something. Yeah. Two is they've got some kind of formal program through an EAP or the equivalent uh, may not be called that, but it is someplace where drivers and their families can go and get help um, or guidance if they need it. And then a third point is if the company has done something beyond that, they've. So corporate chaplain. Chaplain is a common one or some other staff they've got on, on site. Or a private Facebook group for spo- spousal support. Yes. Like now, something. And that's a great example because there's some of them that have that, but don't have the EAP. So, they so kind that's of, a two. It's a two. Yeah. So you have to be careful. You oh, It always ends up the higher scores tend to be um, something good plus something else. Yeah. So it's always multiple Mm-hmm. Or it tends to be multiple. So so basically you get that. So that's your you're scoring that question. You go through and basically try and score it with those categories. And then what ends up happening is halfway through. And actually, I think that particular one is really straightforward. I don't think it's changed. But for some of them, you go halfway through and go, hey, wait a minute. Everybody's getting a full marks or nobody's getting anything or everybody's getting the same, or this is not, yeah. you know, you're just, no, this is not I'm right. two thirds of the way through it and nobody's getting a one. Yeah. We need to change this. So then you start, then the EAP becomes one. And yeah. then the brilliant things that everybody's doing become the three. Or you make it out of four or you make it out of five because. Or sometimes it just ends up being a yes or no. Where people are either doing this or they're not. They tend to not go from a range back down to yes or no, though. Uh, we coaching all, did that a couple of years ago. Yeah, but it's unusual to do yes. that. But yeah. coaching has really changed a lot because with the advent of the cameras. Yeah. And so people are doing a lot of programs with cameras. And so it's kind of actually moving into a different question, which is the what do you do to prevent safe, uh, to prevent accidents or safety mm-hmm. infractions and all of that stuff. So is it that, or is it coaching? And so that's kind of evolved with yeah. technology. Well, there's another one that I was looking at last night. 
um, that is indicative of the, the tricks or the challenges of doing this. And uh, so this goes back to the embedded reporter. Uh, we have uh, James Menzies from Truck News has been embedded in the process this year, going through it with us and sort of writing stories on behind the scenes, what's involved. And so we had a group scoring session uh, earlier this week. A little bit of a training session. Everybody came together and yeah, we walked them through the process and discussed some things and went through it and we assigned him a question to score. Uh, So just so you know, this is going to come out in truck news. I don't know when, but there is going to be an awesome picture of all of us without any makeup on. (laughs) Because scoring is not glamorous. Well, I don't know about you. I had makeup on. <laughs> Do you have makeup on? I but had my full. I think, oh no, Courtney may have. Courtney looked pretty good because she's still young, but uh, <laughs> I did not look good. <laughs> I'm like in my scoring uh, persona, which is old hag. <laughs> well, we were wearing clothes. We were dressed up. We weren't wearing sweats like we normally are. Oh, well, I don't call it dressed up. I think it was we it was both. like normal for regular yeah. society. <laughs> Our regular clothes are basically one up from pajamas. Yeah. But, you know, when we go out in public, we actually have a wardrobe that, that is suitable for outside. We got clean and put on real clothes to, exactly. have, uh, to get together with everybody for this. So, yes, we did this whole scoring thing as a group and went through it, uh, spent the day together doing it. And we assigned James a question to score because if he's embedded, if he's going to see what's involved, he should... And he Those only, he, you were going to get him to score like four, I think a whole section, but yeah, I, I we let him one. off. He did one question, um, he had lunch and then he got the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think everybody would do if, if they, yeah. if everybody else knew the, the fabulousness of scoring, they'd be like, okay. Cause there, it's really a lot of staring at your computer and thinking. Yeah. It's a it's, grind. It, oh my God. It is. So he did that one and I think it was about an hour hour probably an hour and a half he spent on yeah. it which is not not surprising well he got a relatively simple one well i i gave him a question that i thought would be good for him which is a question about what do fleets do to minimize downtime for drivers which is really about maintenance and planning and all of that kind of stuff um and so for a reporter who writes about equipment stuff and maintenance issues a lot i thought this would be this would be great right in your wheelhouse um but there's a lot of tricks that come up in that because you got people that don't do very much. So they write an awful lot <laughs> you know, to try and just bury you in text. And sometimes when you're looking at your screen, you can you're just impressed by the sheer well, number of paragraphs. Yeah. The whole answer doesn't even fit on your screen. You're scrolling and scrolling, yeah. which does not does not endear somebody to us. Uh, when they write that much stuff, because we're going to start chopping out all of the stuff that doesn't really apply. Ideally, the best situation for us and the best questions are the ones where the answers are short enough that you can see multiple responses right on top of each other. So it's much easier to compare them. But in this one, people write a lot of stuff. So they'll go into a lot of detail about their uh, A A and B B service and what they do for downtime on the road and all these other things. And so what I said is, okay, strip it down to how long is the driver out of commission for scheduled things and what is their contingencies for unscheduled things? And I think we'll probably reword that question next year to clarify that a little bit more. Um, because that's really what we're looking for. We're, we're looking not for. really looking for, you know, how good is your preventative maintenance? Because that's not really... 
Well, we don't want to hear that you have new trucks and you follow the manufacturer guidelines and you change your oil every 20,000 miles or whatever, because everybody does that. Yeah. So we want the stuff that's different. So we're going to reword that. But And it's also what we're also looking for is, let me just say also five more times now. Also. Yeah, also, uh, is what the driver experience is like. So your maintenance practices will actually have an effect on the driver's life. So what is that effect on the driver's life? And we have been kind of struggling to word this question and what we actually, what information do we actually want out of it? And so that, that is what we want out of it. So next year it's going to probably be a lot more clearer. Yeah. I hope. So I was looking through those. James went through and answered it and thought, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And he's going through and scoring them. And then I had to go through and of course we've got to review everybody and this year in particular, we're making sure we've got multiple eyes on these things. Um, but there's a few spots where they write a lot and they're not really doing very much when you chop out all that stuff. That's just their marketing. They're not really doing very many things or it looks like they're doing a lot, but the driver is still inconvenienced quite a bit or some other cases where it doesn't look like very much. They've written a very short answer, but there's no inconvenience to the driver at all. The driver hands the keys in on Friday when they come back and all the maintenance is done over the weekend. So that's great for the driver. Um, So I had to go back and uh, um, change a few of those scores. And there's a couple of places where, and I always find this fascinating, where you go through it and there'll be like one word in somebody's response that totally changes their score. And it, and it's so weird how that happens. Is, Do you have an example of that? Because you've mentioned that a couple of times. Um, it's easy when there's there's keywords that you kind of miss. Um, so in this particular case, I think now I'm drawing a blank. Okay, well we can come I'll back come to back it. To yeah. It. But there are sometimes where you're looking through it and it seems like you get it. And maybe it's not a single word. Maybe it's a couple of words. Um, well, in this case, it was a whole lot of stuff uh, about all of the things they're doing. I'm like, yeah, 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 nothing. And then sort of right at the very end. Yeah, it's it always says, at the end. Yeah, during downtime. And it's like, ah, so all this happens when the driver is already off duty. It's like, okay, so now I understand. Yeah. Um, and that I have enough. that with the diversity question with the, you know, how do you encourage ethnic and mm-hmm. uh, gender diversity? And... What I noticed, and this is kind of on the other side, because I did all the human resources questions, because they're kind of tricky, those ones, um, where uh, the answers will talk about diversity, but they won't ever say anything except women. Mm. So so they're basically just talking about women, but they use the word diversity to mean women. And but so you have to be careful about, is there any any word that suggests something other than gender diversity. And that is, I'm almost kind of moving towards maybe doing it as a separate question. And the other thing is that I need to do is get the question about the number of women that you actually have working for your company closer to that diversity question so Mm. that I don't have to keep going back. I need to, we somehow need to have those two questions combined because I, it's really a pain to score because I have to go to two separate places. So another thing that comes up that hit me on this maintenance one uh, last night when I was reviewing it is 
sometimes you're reading through it and you get half or two thirds of the way through and discover that there's actually another vector to score people. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting. That's the stuff that's sort of exciting because that where you have to add a point or something. It changes your scoring mechanism and the way you assess everybody. But it also is kind of how the industry gets pushed forward is somebody has one of these creative ideas. And in this case, with maintenance, the thing that popped up is a couple of fleets that do cross-training uh, on their drivers or to cross-train their drivers in maintenance issues so that they can take on more of that on the road, understand it better. And uh, Halverlines had a great example of uh, a program they put together that teaches drivers how to change a seal on the road, some, some seal that they need to change periodically that they can do in like 10 minutes. But if maintenance is involved, it's like five hours. So teaching drivers how to do it obviously empowers them more and uh, gives them a little bit of more professional development, but also it's more efficient. It helps out maintenance and um, avoid some downtime and things. So I thought, wow, that's such a creative idea. And then I know there's a couple of other companies that do a lot of cross training with their drivers in the maintenance department and that helps as well. So that became a new uh, element to score on. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, what I also find is, especially in the five point questions that I was doing a lot of, as soon as you, so you go through and you're struggling. So a lot of the times it's it's really difficult to try and figure out, you know, how to get points. And so you go through and you're like two thirds of the way through and you're like, okay, I got to change this. I'm going to make it instead of one, two, three, four, five, I'm going to make it one, three, five. Or um, if it's one, two, three, I'm going to make it into four. And then all of a sudden, the scoring just becomes so easy. Yeah. Like you just go back through and you go, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, once you've you changed, figure that yeah. out, once you get the right um, definitions for a particular question, yeah, it just all falls into place. And it can be a real grind. Like I always find the first three or four that I'm reading, it's like, I don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> and you have to read like 10 or 15 of them and it starts to come together and maybe you throw some points in there to see just as it as it happens so that you're doing something. But yeah, when you get to that point, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, these numbers aren't working or the descriptions aren't really the descriptions for the points aren't really covering what I'm seeing. So I want to change it and I'll change one and then, OK, I feel better about this. You know, it's starting to go and you can go back through them. Or then you go through that, you change the assessments. No, it's not going to be out of five this time. It's only going to be out of four or it is a one, three, five. Or sometimes it's, uh, you know, there really isn't a lot there. there or some you just ditch the question. Sometimes I've, I've done that a couple of times, just ditch the question because there's really nothing to score. Or it's either they're doing it or they're not. And that's just a yes or no. So then when you figure that out, it's like, okay, now all of a sudden, yes, these things clearly fit into it. Yeah. And it's really weird. It's like, it's a bit of an art. Um, it's, uh, and I think, I think it's important to realize that you're not scoring based on a, uh, a series of metrics that are standardized, you know, it changes every year because the participants mm -hmm. change every year. And, and the participants do different things every year. Yeah. And they're trying out new things and we're kind of evaluating things like the whole cross training thing. Like, okay, well, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. So 
seems to be to be and it was like a few years ago laptops well hey laptops for drivers that sounds like a good idea well it wasn't that great an idea because they're cumbersome and and tablets appeared yeah and then tablets appeared and then that was it like laptops have gone like there are no laptops so we did score laptops um pretty well six or seven years ago and now if someone said you know we we issue everybody a laptop we'd be like why were you doing that (laughs) stop doing that i don't know if i would give them any extra points i would just be like okay sure well even the tablet stuff they're not seeing as many people uh, well it's part of the their people have them on their own or they're on satellite systems or tablet based and they can you do all kinds of other stuff and remove them. And uh, it's it's just a totally different world than it was yeah. five years ago. Yeah. Just the way that trucking works. Yeah. Well, your point about not scoring to a concrete set of metrics is, I think, the trickiest part for people when they come into this. And that's I know. Everyone was sort of struggling with is, OK, well, so what am I working from? You know, so what is good and what's bad? And I'm like, I don't know. You have to decide that when you look at it. You know, you read through these things and look at it and consider them in the context of each other. And you'll be the one who figures out what that is this year. And you will. Like, that's the thing is that have faith that you will know at, you know, halfway through reading it. Don't worry. It happens. And there will be always some that you're not really sure of. And I was having a conversation with somebody this morning about that is what do you do when they're sort of on the fence like that? Oh, I hate the ones on the fence. You're like, can we give half marks? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But because we can sort them by score afterwards, you put them into a place where you think they go. And then later on, you're Mm going to look at all the people getting that score and see, okay, does this person actually fit in there? Yeah. And sometimes they do. And sometimes it's like, nah, they don't really. Well, that's how we check the scoring so you go through and score all of these people and sometimes you change the you change the legend or you change the metrics and then you go back through and you score it again and then your final qa is you know did we do this right is you do that sorting and go okay all the ones do they all look the same all the twos do they look the same and then you start flipping people usually it's one point it's like oh yeah that's a that's a three not a two yeah. And because you've gone over them and over them. And uh, it's it's nice. Uh, um, it's a nice feature. I like that. The other thing that I do is I've actually started doing a little bit of looking at correlations because we have a couple of new questions that I that we're scoring. Um, we have uh, pets that we're scoring. And these are ones that I did. And also home, no, home time we started last year, didn't personal we? Personal safety was a new one. And personal safety. So I started looking at that in, in, and correlating and it. I think we need to clarify what we mean by personal safety. Oh, yes. Okay. So yeah, the personal safety question is a new one. And it's really about what do you do for your drivers and or your staff in terms of how to keep themselves, their, themselves safe. Not safe, not 
but not on not driving. It's not a defensive driving. This is a yeah. you know how do you not get attacked? How do you if you are attacked? If you see a threatening situation, like how do you keep yourself safe? Yeah. There's a lot Park of safely all of that kind of thing. Yeah. So like the real basic ones is you know how to you know park under lights. Always park in these truck stops. Always do this. Blah blah blah. That sort of orientation thing. But. Um, we started asking this because as more and more women come into the industry, personal safety is a is becoming more of an issue. Like you don't want to go to a job where you your life is in more danger than in a different job. Yeah, for sure. And being on the road and being alone and and this is not just for women this is just in general yeah and and i think i was, was going to say is it not it is certainly we see it first and most uh, significantly with women but there are more and more groups coming in that are traditionally marginalized groups mm-hmm. or disenfranchised groups uh, the transgender group is which growing which seems to have really grown yeah. in trucking uh, or they've just come out in the past year maybe but that's a group no that, pun intended <laughs> Yeah, true. They've just uh, become more visible or, you know, they're more comfortable sharing with their companies. I think there's more people. I, I think in that in that particular thing, I think more people are comfortable transitioning. I think yeah. that's what's happening because I get when we talk to people on this a lot, people will say, oh, that there people are actually transitioning while they're working mm-hmm. at a particular company. Mm-hmm. And... So I think it's a really interesting thing where or there's a lot of discussion or or when people talk about the number of women, they talk about the number of people who identify as women, not mm-hmm. uh, sort of by birth or what is that called? The gen or biology right. uh, women, which I think is really uh, is a really interesting change. A, a couple of mentions of pride uh, mm-hmm. activities yeah. like in terms of pride parades and and those um yeah and those kinds of things but that's what drove drove us to add this question about what people are doing for personal safety Mm -hmm. and and also as a woman and i think we've talked about this before that whole idea of you know you hold your keys in your hand in a certain way so that you can can Mm -hmm. stab somebody or the feeling you know what do you do if you you know people walking uh, uncomfortably close to you or behind you or following you like you know women have a lot of these issues uh, around personal safety all the time not not just in a a professional driver uh, capacity but anyway so what i did was i did the n- number of women the diversity question and i'm looking at the number of women that people have in their percentages and you know some of them are amazing and so i also looked at home time to see if, okay, so if people get more home time, are there more women naturally working there? Hmm. Nothing. No correlation at all. Okay. However, the more uh, emphasis on personal safety, and it's not a huge correlation, there is more women tend to be working at places that do have personal safety programs of some sort. Hmm. There is, you start seeing it. It's not a huge amount, and it's not, but I'm starting to see it. And I think as people do start putting more emphasis on that, that is going to be a, and I don't know if it's a chicken and the egg thing, right? Is, is it, 
there's more personal safety emphasis because there's more women or are women attracted to a place that feels like it's a more secure, safe environment? I would say it might. Yeah, it seems like it's probably the former, because if you're looking for a job, that may not be the kind of thing that's coming up. They may not be aware of it until they start there. Although maybe they are. Maybe they do ask. Um, I would. That's one of the things I would ask. Yeah, I would be. It may, may not make me take a job or not to take a job. But if I I would probably want to know. You're more likely to stick around if you feel comfortable. Well, there's, I know that Prime had a, you know, they have their Highway Diamonds thing. And I know on that website, there was, there was some, a blog post about it. I know that, um, it, like American Central Transportation, they had some, some stuff about it. So if it's in the, if they, if you see it on social media and you see discussions about it, or even like, not even a formal program from the company, but even just women drivers talking about it, that would be something I would look at. Yeah. If I was looking for a company, if I was looking for a, 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 a trucking company to drive for and I was researching different places, that's the kind of thing I would be looking for. It would be the discussions amongst drivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I know that drivers do that. When drivers yeah. want to go to a company, or they're interested in leaving their company to go to somewhere else. Hands down, they're talking to each other on Facebook. For sure. They're not talking to yeah. they're not talking to the company. They they want to hear what other drivers say about the company. So which is perfectly now, I reasonable. Find that personal safety question to be interesting because so many of the people uh, that were participating this year weren't really sure what to make of it. Or even knew what they were what we were talking yeah, the range about of answers was, yeah, it was quite a large. lot of people saying defensive driving yeah, and it's like, mm, no, when they see the word safety, all they think about is when the truck is moving, which is something that we see kind of on the product side as well, that people are really focused on what's happening when the truck is moving, but there's so many other elements to safety and security and delivery efficiency and all that other stuff that happen after the truck stops or before it starts uh, that need to be considered as well. And how people are, how safe people are on the road uh, once that truck stops, when they're at a delivery point or uh, they're at a truck stop or they're fueling, whatever, all of those things are just as important. And there's, a, and I never occurred to me, but a couple of the companies talked about CTPAT training mm-hmm. and that sort of border security training. And that actually, um, we're giving points for that because that does talk about, like, we have a course on that as, uh, on CTPAT and it's the same thing. It, you have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be aware of things like people pulling you over, like trying to pull you over for help. Yeah, that's a that's often staged and you have to be concerned about that, that kind of thing where companies might have policies about it Mm -hmm. and they're not even thinking about it because no one has ever asked the question. You know, that does lead into another question that we should probably add in there or something to look at for next year, which is about um, cargo theft and hijacking. Those are becoming certainly cargo theft is becoming a huge and cyber crime. Yes, that's, that's one that we, we should have we should have done it this year. Um, but cyber, um, I think I put it in our list. Um, that is something that's because I mean, how many people have been? Uh, yeah, 
trucking seems to get hit. Pretty well, frequently. no, actually, I was reading some, or no, it was during one of the sessions at the ATA, they were talking about it, and they said that tra- transportation is one of the ones getting targeted because I, that. I, I, if I was a hacker, I would totally target yeah, older trucking. technology, mm-hmm. people that don't upgrade very often. People who may not be all that tech savvy. They're not on top of quote technology. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and sure. they have a lot of technology coming in. So all of these ELDs that are opening holes. Well, it's, yeah, but it's also security. It's a high dollar industry. Mm-hmm. You know, the numbers are big. There may not be a lot of profitability, but the numbers, the top line numbers are big. And. Oh, I just had the word in my head. The uh, people taking over your servers. Ransom, ransomware. Yeah. There's been a few of those. Yeah. And I think that's something that. I think that's what hit truckstop.com. Yes. Truckstop.com. Somebody who was in, who wanted to be in the program and didn't end up doing it because I don't, their firewall would basically shut out all our email. Oh, Um, yeah. And then the one that the big one that we heard about at ATA, mm-hmm. where they did the whole session on it, and yeah. not many people were there, but man, they should be. Yeah, because that's well, there was about forty people that were there, but still out of the end. entire industry, and that was yeah. the ATA. So yeah. that was a big conference. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they you know they make it breakout sessions, and breakout sessions are never really yeah all that uh, heavily populated. Yeah. But that is definitely a question that we'll be adding next year. Things we'll be looking into is all of these other types of safety and security. And we may actually think about removing some questions. What? Yeah. There's a couple that I think, yeah, they could well, be Well, we got to, we can't just could, keep adding questions and making people. Well, especially when there's, there's getting to be a couple that I know during the interviews, I don't really look at all that heavily yeah look at that closely don't ask about we don't score them so it's like yeah why do we have them and i usually will want to keep them in case something else comes up because these are places where there could be innovation at some point but it's been a few years and nothing is changing so we can probably pull however we are scoring pets this year pet pet policy yeah not it's not gonna be huge amounts but there's definitely a range and we may be able to score environmental that's one we're just about to get to but we are considering it because there's some people that are starting to do some stuff that's different yeah the solar panels yeah um there's a couple of companies that are doing solar solar panels so on their trucks and at their terminals so i think bison's doing them on the trucks yeah and Boyle has got them at uh, the terminal yeah so that's interesting so we haven't scored that one yet. We'll be doing that one after this, but uh, we're aiming to start scoring yes, environmental stuff Yes, we are nearly again. done with the yeah. scoring. So what I've found interesting, just talking to the staff that are doing this for the first time, is uh, the comments about, I see what I need to do differently in the interviews next year. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, nothing opens your eyes like your, trying to, uh, yeah, to yeah, your, your inadequacy an interviewer than having to score your notes afterwards is like, yeah, why didn't I ask him about this? Yeah. Well, you know what? It's still, I mean, how long have we been doing this for? And there's yeah. still think there's only so much you can, t- you know, tweeze out of people. Well, and there's even a few where I look at it and it was ones that I interviewed mm-hmm. and it's questions that I knew we were going to be scoring. 
And I kind of had a sense of what we were going to be looking for. And it's like, how did I not capture this data? Here's the other thing, though. Even if you ask about it, sometimes there is no answer. Yes. Well, there's some where I definitely did ask about it and I got an answer in a different direction. Or or you get an answer that's basically just a summary of the answer that was already there. And you're trying to get, which basically means there is nothing. Yeah. Or yeah. they don't know. or And, you know, at a certain point, we try really hard and we will, you know... We'll try give, and pull it out of you. We will give you as many uh, opportunities to provide the information as possible, but we can only do mm-hmm. so much. And yeah, it, it is what it is. And the, it's a learning process as well for fleets where, and I think this is going to happen with personal safety is all these people who are getting not very good scores are going to be like, Hey, we, we should be doing something. Yeah. And, uh, well, we know there's a group that studiously yeah. review the book. The and they don't like zeros. Book. They do not like zeros. how they did and where they could have got more points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yes, that's one. There's a few of them um, that I think people will be considering. And uh, certainly internally, ones where we're going to look at it and see what do we want to do? What should we be asking? What should we be changing the wording of the question to? Oh, to get please. Benefits number four. We're going to have to change that. Yeah. Benefits number four is the worst question ever word uh, uh, for a question where we ask what the company offers in terms of retirement planning. Their 401k or RSP. Yeah. And And what percentage of payroll? Well, it's a multi-part question, which is the challenge, one of the issues with it. So do you have anything like that? If so, is there a company match? If there is a company match, please tell us how much you contribute as a percent of total payroll, which nobody, well, the first year, no one did. Yeah. Like, no, no, one person did. Was it Boyle? No, it was Halverlines. Oh, uh, actually put in that number and they were like the 10th interview. And I hadn't even sort of realized that people weren't even answering that question. And they were like, well, you asked us to give you total percent of payroll. I'm like, Oh my God, you actually did it. And then after that, it was like, yeah, we got to follow up with everybody. So, so you've made our lives see, a living hell. And I stand by my thinking on this. Oh, we, I don't have a problem with the question. And really, it's not a, an issue with the question. If we had a separate field that they had yeah, to. Yeah, it needs to be a separate question. Yeah. And if it wasn't like a three part question, like, you know, you know, do you have this? If so, then what this? And then if so, what about this? And we can't do that. So especially yeah, think, with number questions. Yeah, I, I think we don't really care about whether you have what the match is. We care what the total percent contributed is. Yeah. Because we asked what the match is and very quickly discovered that there's no way to compare them because some people will do 100% of your, will up match 100% the, up to 2% yeah. and then it's, well, we match Over three years three, and yeah. And then half of that for the next 2% and it starts after two months or this one starts after nine months. And, and they just like, all start looking like numbers. Yeah, well, there's no way to figure out what you're actually doing. So yeah. what we converted it to is just tell us how much you're actually putting in. How much is the company stepping up and contributing? Mm-hmm. But a dollar amount isn't going to be useful either because there's such a range in companies. The dollar amount for a 50 truck company is going to be way different than a thousand trucks. So turn it into a percent of your total payroll, uh, which accounting people should be able to do. 
you're going to have to go to accounting to get that number. Mm-hmm. But uh, go there, get that number. And like almost none of them had that information. Um, it was better this year. It was definitely better. And this is the nice thing. We specified it during the webinar in the fall. Yeah. We said, please pay attention to this. And it's the same with Canadians doing their, uh, doing DOT numbers. Because if they don't go into the States, they really don't know. They They, don't have a DOT reportable number. Yeah. Yeah. They want to talk about CVOR, Mm -hmm. which is, yeah, we got to have, oh, oh. (laughs) well, we explain in the question how to calculate a DOT mm-hmm. reportable. And that's been a lot better ever since. Yeah. But yes, the question about retirement, we do need to break that up and we do need to probably chop out some questions that we're not paying any attention to anymore. Mm-hmm. So we'll review all of that for next year. Yes. Oh, as we do. Uh, oh, the other thing that we need to review is the, um, the whole instructions on getting your interview scheduled and yes, so we have plans for a major overhaul of our best fleets evaluation system, which as we're going through it and now having more people involved, they ask questions like, well, why does it do this? And why do I have to go here to do this? All things that don't really occur to me because I've been using it since it was first built. And like I designed this thing in, I think, the summer of 2014 or 2013. And when I complain about it, I don't really count. Well, you got used to it as well because you were coming into the, well, you had started being involved in the evaluations and you were kind of involved with me in specking out what we wanted, but we weren't doing any of it through a centralized system at the time. So this was like, okay, let's give us something where it's all in one place. And it took a few years of using it to realize where the gaps were. Mm-hmm. And then for a while, we had older servers and there was other performance issues where we were just sitting there watching it spin. You know, oh. We just want the thing to actually load. Well, now we've yeah. um, got some refactored code and we've got some updated servers and the thing responds properly. But now you look at it and it's like, okay, well, it's responding fast, but I'm finding I always have to go three steps farther to get what I want. So I want to change this. I need to be able to see these other things. Just so everybody knows, like we don't have any background in designing a workplace excellence program. <laughs> like that's not. I'm not sure many people can't have really, experience or background in designing workplace well, evaluation. Yeah, systems. it's crazy. So we're not only trying to um, like a lot of it, a lot of our training expertise comes into it because we know how to evaluate. Mm-hmm. So we do know how to do that. However, there's a lot of different things going on at the same time. You've got people who are trying to enter information in a questionnaire. You've got um, people who are trying to do driver surveys. You also have people who are looking at the questionnaires and then trying to score them and they're trying to make notes as well. Mm -hmm. So there's like four or five different things. Oh, and you also have to have all the statuses. So Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you're tracking, you know, things like interview dates. And so you have to have calendaring, questionnaire, survey, um, and and scoring all in the same system. And that's a little complicated. So it's taken us a while to really get a sense of not not only the system, but the process that you do outside the system. So how do we schedule 
interviews? How do we, um, you know, how do we manage the cutoff dates? How do we, like all of these different questions have been sort of evolving over the last 10 years just because it's like, okay, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. And then you, you know, have a stab in the dark and then you, okay, well, this is working. So we'll add on to this. And then this is working. We'll add on to this. And at the same time, we don't make any money off of it. really. (laughs) So it's, it's really hard to, to try and invest in it, even though it's really important. It, we're trying to, there's a little bit of shoestring, especially on our end. Oh, yeah. You know, we're trying to make it decent for the participants. Well, but on our case. end, yeah. it's it's like it can and be And when it was grueling. just the two of us doing it, it's like, oh, we can suffer through it. Yeah. You know, as long as it's good for the participants and they can see what's happening. And we spent a lot of time. It's, it's funny how much time was spent over the past five years improving the text editor oh. for them to be able to copy and paste their answers. And whether from word, yeah, they want to copy it in, they want to have formatting, some rich text stuff. Um, and and word is an awful, oh, it's brutal. awful when you try and convert things from word to anything else. I don't know, Microsoft just is not happy with you and it, it punishes you yeah, basically. They slap so much of their own code so all over the place so that you can go back and forth, uh, in documents, but. It was a real headache. And then we got to the point where people are writing just so much stuff and copying crap. They're just adding on every year and not removing any of the old yeah, stuff. In 2013, we did this. Yeah. So that was. So yeah. then we put in a character limit and that forced us to actually limit how much formatting they can do on their uh, on their content. Um but that's helped. But now that that's kind of stabilized, it's like all of the other parts of the process need to be cleaned up. Well, one of the things that's really kind of stupid on our end is, and it works, is how we schedule interviews. So we do it. I would like to have the system be able to do it where people can just go into the system and like go to a calendar and say, this is what, this is when I'm available. Or this is when I want it, and then we can do the whole thing from there. But we can't do it. We don't have scheduling in the system yet. So Well, we do, but it doesn't integrate with any other calendars. That's the problem. Well, also, there's no ability for the end user to actually schedule. Yeah. So they can't schedule I can own. schedule, but they can't schedule. Yeah. And it just is, it's not that great. So we're using an external application. So which is fine for the people who are scheduling an interview. They go in, choose their date, but then we get notification of that. If we have to add that to our own Outlook calendars, we also have to schedule it in the system. So there's like Yeah, you schedule four it three parts. different places. They can, you know, but even for them, they're probably also uh, doing a two-step process. So yeah. it's... Oh, on top of that, we each have a spreadsheet with our assigned interviews and the status of all of our fleets. So whether they've scheduled the interview, Mm -hmm. whether they've completed their questionnaire so that we know to stay on top of the people that are working on it and nothing falls through the cracks. But that that spreadsheet, man, is my Bible for November and December because I'm looking at the status and looking at the percentage of completes and, you know, have I emailed people and 
how much am I pestering people and what am I saying and who have I got the right email address? Do we need to change the people who are in the system? Oh, my God, there's a lot of administrative work, which um, as the system matures, should those are the things I want to clean up. Because now that we have other people working on it, it needs to be easier to run the program. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, The scoring part of it, oddly enough, works not too badly. It's all the headaches coming up to that. Now, there's a few things that we need. We'd like to be able to see satisfaction scores more easily. We'd like to be able to see previous year scores and some of that data a little bit, uh, a little bit better. But it's not too bad. Like the no, scoring the process that scoring we just spent twenty yeah. minutes griping about. That's really just going through all the data that comes in. That's just uh, reading. Yeah, and then extracting all of that. That's still a bit of a headache. I would like to improve that as well. Um, cause that'll be my next step after all of this is done, uh, which we'll finish, I don't know, midday today. Um, there's still more to be done because we got to pull all of those numbers out, the program scores, satisfaction scores, safety, all the turnover data and put all of that together and then figure out what our numbers are going to be from there. So lots more to do. Yes. I think I would like my biggest thing that I feel like I want to do is have a notification system in the system. Like have a better way to make sure that people are getting into the system successfully and then they are notified about dates. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that is one of the, the major changes that we we're going to do next year. Yeah. So. So on the final stages, what we have to deal with now, the one outstanding challenge for us is figuring out what we're going to do about turnover. Oh, yes. Turnover. Uh, The endless question about turnover. And what is turnover? Uh, Because we look at the number of exits in a company, but of course, all exits are not the same. Um, Is a retirement really turnover? Is, uh, is it a turnover when somebody has medical issues? If somebody gets fired um, for bad performance or safety mm-hmm. issues, should all that be counted? And What about if people come back? Yeah, people quit and then come back. How does that factor in? And one of the other things we've seen really cropping up in the last year or two is um, companies buying other companies and a bunch of drivers quit. Mm-hmm. And is that the fault of the company? If you buy a company and discover that those drivers don't really want to follow your rules, don't want to be compliant or... Or just don't, don't like change. I mean, yeah, that's don't like change. It's pretty common. Um, yeah, and they quit. Does that mean that you have a bad fleet? So, you know, what really are we looking for in turnover? And yeah, because we have at least one fleet that is has been going through that. Well, and I think one of the things that I'm sort of considering is how much do we want to factor turnover in at all? You know, our original assumption in the program was that if the company is doing the right things and drivers are happy with those things, that it will be reflected in the turnover. But there are so many variables that affect that, that that may not be entirely the case anymore. But then, as we've talked about before, sometimes, like we we try and control for these things and then we realize that some companies don't have a problem with it. Some companies do. But does that necessarily mean that one is better than the other? I know. And then we look at our own turnover (laughs) 
And it's not, it's, I mean, if we were being evaluated in our own program, we probably wouldn't make the top 20 because well, of our turnover. Well, because because uh, but percentages the, disproportionately hit smaller companies. Right. And we, just the nature of our business and the fact that we have a remote workforce means that there's a lot of fit requirements mm-hmm. that are very challenging. And if you've ever had to manage remote workers, um, you will know, you all know who you are and it is rough. It's, t- it's, it's not an easy process. Now, um, we do have people who succeed really well and who are, who work really well remotely, but a lot of people don't even know that they can't re- work remotely. Yeah. And it's the same thing with trucking. Like there's all of these new entrants that come in and don't realize that they hate it. Yeah. They, they may think, think they're going to do yeah. just fine. And that's the same thing that we see with remote workers. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be great because I'll be working at home and I can do whatever I want. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. No, that's not what remote work means. So is that a failure of the company's culture? Is that a indication that their hiring process is not sufficient? Those are the questions we're asking ourselves, which is, and I think that turnover is indicative of an issue is just what issue and how important is it? Now, turnover or mm. staffing is a, is a is an issue. Um, I think getting good staff is always an issue. So the question then, you just gave me an idea. The question then around turnover is, what is the reason? Are people leaving because there are there's dissatisfaction that isn't being addressed? People are leaving because there's problems at the company that aren't being rectified. And if that's the case, that should show up in the satisfaction scores. So So it might be that we're kind of double counting and we don't need to. We can have less emphasis on the turnover numbers because we do ask a lot of questions on the driver survey about issues being resolved quickly. Do you trust people to be honest? Do you trust them to look after you? Um, are you consulted on issues that affect you? And a lot of those things that if the scores are low, you're going to see higher turnover. However, we do have companies who have high turnover and high satisfaction. Yeah. And why is that? High new entrants and high geographical dispersal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is that... If people are hiring from all 50 states and they have high turnover, is it a remote worker thing? Or is it a case of you're hiring a lot of new entrants or people that are fairly new to this type of work and your business is such that they have to be on the road for a couple of weeks at a time and a lot of them discover they can't manage it? Well, then we'd have to look at it individually because some pla- some people say that their new entrants are actually more likely to be stick around, mm-hmm. whereas their other companies say the new entrants there's a lot of turnover there. So yeah. how do you how do you compare that? I think we need to almost go back to the question we had before about percentage of your workforce that has been around for different durations. Oh, uh, tenure. The tenure one, because that tells you what percentage turning. And maybe we don't have as many different categories. Maybe it's what percent have been around for less than a year. And if a company has got 60% of their workforce that's been around less than a year, then they've probably got some satisfaction issues. They got some problems. 
but a lot of companies, it's 20, 30% um, at the bottom that just keep grinding. And then the other 70 to 80% have been around for many years and love it. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. We'd have to talk about it some more, but that churn, that whole problem of solving the 20% churn, that is um, common to pretty much everybody. I think that's yeah. just that's just kind of not accepted, but it's a problem that people are trying to solve. And with there's there's varying amounts of success. I don't think anybody's really really found an answer to that. No. Um, and you and I think for some companies the percentage is larger. Maybe. So I think we're going to have to look at it. It's it's definitely it's definitely going to be scored differently this year or the the percentage or or what we're scoring is maybe we just look at the volunteer voluntary turnover. Cuz the voluntary turnover and returnees, I think that yeah. is probably a good indication of what companies are trying to do in terms of trying to prevent them from leaving and also trying to get them to come back. Yeah. So I think my, uh, my word on this at this point is stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Tune into the next podcast when we'll have an answer on what we ultimately did. We'll leave it a cliffhanger. Don't, well, I don't know what the answer is right now anyway. No, we don't know what the answer yeah, is. Yeah, so it has but to the be. the next a... episode, dun, dun, dun. we will have an update. And I think we can end it there. Okay. Uh, we can wrap up this episode on uh, dangling over the cliff of how <laughs> are we going to end up scoring turnover numbers. Yes. And hopefully we remember to revisit it <laughs> next time. Oh, no, we will yeah. because we will have like thought about it for about a week. Yeah. About how we're going to do it. Because we have to have our numbers out for Tuesday to the TCA on Tuesday. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, the rest of you don't get it until the end of January, but we have to submit to the TCA uh, yeah. sooner than that. And then we have to try and not tell anybody anything. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's go and figure that out. And then... I have the Go Go's Our Lips Are Sealed song in there. So can you have that as the the outro? Go find it. Yeah, I can possibly do that. Okay. All right. So we can wrap it up there then. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Have a good day.